The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Thursday, February 25th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. How to make your clothes last longer and practice the art of radical keeping, according to the anti-Marie Kondo. A segment about Buttergate in Canada that's not really about Buttergate after all. And a browser extension that shows you what the internet would look like without big tech. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. One pandemic trend has seemed to be getting rid of stuff. As we spend more time in our houses, lots of people have been tidying up or redoing rooms and generating so much stuff they're getting rid of that the New York Times yesterday called it the golden age of free stuff in an article detailing how upper middle class people have discovered dumpster diving and branded it as stooping for their thousands of Instagram followers. And hey, listen, tidying up is great, refreshing your space is great for mental health, and buying or finding used instead of buying new is also good for the environment. But there's also a great argument to be made for holding on to things and for fixing them when they break instead of immediately throwing them out and buying a replacement. Orsolo de Castro is an activist and former designer described by The Guardian as a kind of anti-Marie Kondo. She counters fast fashion and throwaway culture with radical keeping. She promotes the idea of buying things that last and knowing how to repair them. And as a promotion for her new book, Loved Clothes Last, DeCastro shares a few of her top tips for making clothes last longer. Although she does acknowledge that when it comes to fashion, like so many other things, it's really the whole system that needs fixing more so than individual habits. But the individual habits can help a little too and certainly improve your quality of life or help with your budget. Her first piece of advice is to be strategic about what you buy. Be aware of what it's made out of, how to care for that fabric, and the impact it has on the environment. For example, polyester. Quoting DeCastro, Polyester sheds millions of microfibers. It's been found in the bottom of the ocean and the top of Everest. Every time you wash a piece of polyester, about 500,000 microfibers are released. End quote. But that doesn't necessarily mean you should never buy polyester. Try buying items made out of polyester that you don't have to wash as much, like an overcoat instead of undergarments. And on the topic of washing, be wary of overwashing. Like showering, we do way more of it in our modern age than may be strictly necessary, certainly more than our ancestors did. Before the advent of washing machines, there were tons of creative and effective strategies for removing different types of stains from different types of materials, because the process of doing a whole load of laundry was epic. It literally took multiple days and a ton of physical stamina. If you could avoid washing a stained shirt by just getting rid of the stain, you did. And just because washing machines are more readily accessible for people now doesn't mean we can't borrow some of this older knowledge. 
And for some items, it might even be better. You know, Levi's recommends washing their jeans only once every 10 wears. And a lot of fast fashion items will degrade quickly if put in the agitator of the washing machine too often. And if you have the space, DeCastro recommends a fun technique of hiding some of your clothes from yourself. If there's an item that's not doing it for you right now, if it's not <laughs> sparking joy... Instead of getting rid of it right away, put it in a box under your bed. A few months or so later, you may rediscover it and find that you now love it. I've done this on accident tons of times. You know, I had some jeans that maybe didn't really fit. They got pushed to the back of my closet. I forgot about them for half a year and then found them again and it felt like I'd bought a brand new pair. I got all the excitement of having bought new clothes without spending any money. And as far as the pros and cons of getting rid of things go... If you can donate clothes that you don't want anymore to a trusted source who will reuse them, or a textile recycling site, that's great. But a lot of people just throw things away, and DeCastro cautions, quote, For every clear out, stuff goes into landfill or into an incinerator. These landfills, she says, are often in countries where regulations are way less stringent and therefore toxic materials are likely to decompose in a more harmful way. Often, decluttering yourself means cluttering up someone else's life or land. End quote. And on that note, really do your research if you're donating. A lot of thrift shops and nonprofits can't handle how much they get donated, so they tend to end up trashing things as well. And consider what you're donating. If it's not in good enough condition for you to keep around, is it really good enough for someone else to have? Whether to make an article of clothing actually worthwhile to donate to someone else or just for yourself to hang on to, really consider learning how to mend your clothes. There are a lot of tutorials online, and some of it's actually easier than you might think. And it doesn't have to be proper tailoring either. If you have a tear or a stain on a shirt or jacket, you can cover it up with something else. You know, an enamel pin, a brooch, a patch, an overshirt. Turn it into an opportunity for a little bit of creativity. And DeCastro cops that most people do not have either the time or the money to spend on properly repairing their own clothes, but she hopes that'll change. For our own budgets and for the environment, and for the people in unsafe workplaces producing some of the clothes most likely to sell cheap and fall apart quickly, we need to normalize clothing repair. Not necessarily all of us magically having the skills and time to do it, but perhaps with major brands offering in-store repairs. The more common and popular it is, the sooner the price will be driven down. DeCastro even goes as far as to suggest calling your legislators and clothing companies to request more clothing repair sites, almost like a fashion version of right-to-repair laws. She says, quote, 100% of the population wears clothes. So we have a responsibility as consumers, but brands and governments have an obligation to make it as sustainable as possible. We need societal intervention from the brands that have already made such a fortune on us. It's give back time. End quote. Imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get with FanDuel Casino's Play It Again. Get up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Play your favorite table games in hundreds of slots for real cash. And see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers. And if you ever have a question, our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino at FanDuel.com PA3 today and play it again with up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania. Must not have previously placed 
just any wager on FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel Casino, Betfair Casino, Mohegan Sun Casino, or Stardust Casino. Refund issued as non-withdrawable casino online site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Have you heard about Buttergate? It's a situation developing in Canada about their butter being less spreadable. Apparently, it isn't softening as well at room temperature anymore, and some local chefs and foodies have been trying to get to the bottom of it. Quoting the BBC, Cookbook author Julie Van Rosendahl suggested in a Globe and Mail column last week that a higher demand for butter in the pandemic led to changes in livestock feed as farmers sought to increase production. Demand certainly has been on the rise during the pandemic. The country's dairy sector, a major presence in all 10 provinces, determines its production quotas based upon demand forecasts. With more Canadians staying home, demand for butter rose by over 12% in 2020, according to Dairy Farmers of Canada. Adding palm oil-based energy supplements to cow feed is a decades-old practice said to increase the milk output of cows and increase the milk's fat content. Since the summer, hundreds of farmers around the country have stepped up their use of palm oil substances in an attempt to boost supply. End quote. Butter produced by cows that have been fed palm oil apparently has a higher melting point, at least according to some agricultural experts. So if more cows in Canada are being fed palm oil to help increase butter production, the butter in people's homes being less spreadable could make sense. And that higher melting point is in part a result of the higher saturated fat present in butter made from cows-fed palm oil products, which is, of course, a bit of a health concern. Writing in the Globe and Mail and citing a report published by the WHO, Sylvain Charlebois notes that palm oil may increase certain heart disease risk factors in some people. End quote. But Canada's Dairy Processors Association say there have not been any changes to butter production during the pandemic, and the Dairy Farmers of Canada lobbying group say that palm oil is safe for both cows and human consumers, and pointed out that other countries like the UK and the US use palm product supplements. Nonetheless, they're forming a working group of stakeholders and consumers to address the issue. And Charlebois says it's different in Canada because, quote, the use of palm oil breaches the moral contract the dairy industry has with Canadians. Unlike the situation in other countries, milk is essentially a public good in Canada. Not only do dairy farmers have exclusive government-sanctioned quotas, which make it a privilege for the few to produce milk, but Canadian taxpayers have given $1.75 billion to the industry as compensation for increased global access to our markets under new trade deals, such as the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, also known as the new NAFTA." End quote. In some ways, Buttergate feels a bit like much ado about nothing. But I do find it really interesting that usually when you see people up in arms about farming practices, it's animal rights activists or environmentalists, people who want the whole practice shut down. In this case, it's butter lovers, people who are lifelong butter consumers and plan to continue being so, but want a better or at least not degraded product. And I always think this distinction is important. You know, we're so often primed to think of a critic as a hater, but critique is often a sign of love. You can love something and know that it can be better, or be disappointed when it fails to live up to your preconceived expectations. And out of love for it, fight for it to see the error of its ways. And if the product never returns to its former glory, or what your perception of its pure, unadulterated glory was, that can lead you to step away from it, heartbreakingly making it no longer a part of your life. 
That doesn't mean butter is cancelled. Just that some people have made the tough decision to no longer buy butter that they don't think matches their values. Butter will live on in Canada in whatever form, despite Buttergate. And who knows? Maybe it will even be better because of it. Curious about how big tech has actually infiltrated your web experience? There's an app for that, or rather, a browser extension. It's called Big Tech Detective, and it alerts you if the site you're visiting is exchanging data with Amazon, Facebook, Google, or Microsoft. If you want, you can block your access to any site that exchanges data with one of those four, but as Mitchell Clark at The Verge discovered, the internet basically becomes useless at that point. Which is kind of the point of the extension. Quoting The Verge, If you configure the extension to actually block websites, you'll see a big red pop-up if the site you're visiting sends a request to any of the four. The pop-up will also include a list of all the requests, so you can get an idea of what's being asked for. It's worth keeping in mind that just because a site reaches out to one or more of the big four tech companies, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily snooping or doing something nefarious. Many websites use fonts from Google Fonts or host their sites using Amazon Web Services. That said, there are pages that connect to those IP addresses because they use trackers provided by one of the big four companies. Big Tech Detective isn't meant to keep your data private from these companies. It even says when it locks one of the pages that it isn't actually preventing the resources from loading or collecting your data, if that's their purpose. It's really meant as a visualization tool to show you that if you want to use the internet without relying on these companies, you're not going to have a good time. End quote. Currently, you have to sideload the extension onto Firefox or Google Chrome, which the site provides instructions for if you haven't done that kind of thing before. It is kind of ironic that the extension is available on Google Chrome. They're working on getting it into the Google Store. But they said after thinking long and hard, they decided to go for it since Google Chrome currently makes up more than half of the U.S. desktop browser market. It's an extension that's probably more annoying in practice if you were to keep it for the long term, but can definitely be revealing when used experimentally to see what kind of stuff your favorite sites pull up. And if you just want to watch someone else try to experience the internet without the influence of big tech, you can watch Kashmir Hill's series on Gizmodo that partially inspired the Big Tech Detective extension, in which she used a custom-built VPN to cut Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Apple out of her internet for a week. Link in the show notes to see how she got on. A few more things before I go. Pokemon is turning 25 and celebrating with a big virtual event this Saturday the 27th, at which Post Malone will headline. He'll be performing his new song, which he dropped this morning, a cover of Hootie and the Blowfish's hit, Only Wanna Be With You. There are so many disparate things going on there that I don't even really know what to think of it, but the cover isn't bad? In other news, and this is completely anecdotal, there is no scientific evidence to back this up whatsoever, so take it for what it is, just interesting. Mara Gay from the New York Times, who has been a strong advocate for people experiencing symptoms of long COVID, has said that she and many other long COVID survivors are, quote, feeling significantly better after receiving their first vaccine dose, end quote. So possibly good news there, but again, it is completely anecdotal for now. 
Also, I spent this last week catching up on the Apple TV Plus original For All Mankind, whose second series just premiered last week, and dudes, it is so good. It's an alternate history series, aka completely my jam, in which the Soviet Union beat the US to the moon in 1969, and because we can't ever not be the best, the space race basically just kept on going so that we could try to beat the Russians. In this timeline, by the early 80s, we've achieved things like a lunar base, the first Mars rover, women astronauts way earlier on, and other technological advances like consumer electric cars, not to mention different presidents being elected and all kinds of wild things falling out from the change of timeline. Especially if you also wore out the Apollo 13 and the Right Stuff VHS tapes like I did, you will love it. The vibes are kind of Mad Men-esque as well, and it was created by Ron Moore, who developed Battlestar Galactica, so you know it's in good hands. But anyways, that is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotke.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. 